The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. How do we enhance the possibility of awakening more and more to the power of our own souls while we're still in the body? That's a question a lot of people are asking today. And obviously there are many paths, but one that's getting more and more attention is regression therapy. Today we're talking to Dr. Linda Backman, licensed psychologist and regression therapist and author of Bringing Your Light to Soul, as well as a second book, which is coming out later this year, The Evolving Soul. Linda has been in private practice for more than 35 years and is committed to guiding regression clients as well as speaking, writing, and training others in soul regression hypnotherapy, both in the United States and abroad. She and her husband started the Raven Heart Center in 1997, a mystery school in Boulder, Colorado, dedicated to guiding individuals to discover their soul path. Are you in the process of awakening? Do you want to learn how to help others awakening? This show is for you. You don't want to miss one beat of it. So stay here for this, and we're also going to be talking, uh, listening to a clip later from Oprah's Super Soul Sunday, so you want to be here for that. Welcome, Linda, to our show. So glad that we are able to f- talk. Thank you, Andrea. It's great to be here. All right. Well, let's just jump right in there. Um, your soul, uh, excuse me, your book, Bringing Your Soul to Light, is, uh, is all about regression therapy, and, and it has many of your sort of case studies in there. First, before we go any further, I guess we need to define what soul regression hypnotherapy really is. Okay. Very good. Good question. Well, essentially, regression work, some people, you know, hear the word hypnosis, it it bothers them, so we can normalize that term, but it's essentially using relaxation or hypnotherapy to guide the client to access, to discover, usually one life at a time, so soul regression hypnotherapy is guiding the client into a light, relaxed state to discover past lives and to understand who they are as a soul, why they're in body, how they plan their life, what their purpose is, and so on and so on. Okay, so when you, I'm going to go ahead and field this one too. When you deal with somebody who's pretty skeptical about this, um, how, how would you answer the question, and this is one I've heard many times, how do I know this is real and how do I know that I'm not being guided to it and, and you know, sort of brainwashed into it, I guess? Classic question, and I hear that a lot. So, um, first of all, I don't, as I always say to, to clients, I don't lead the witness. So when I'm guiding a client to discover the details of their own past lives, the client is using their intuition 
We're all intuitive. We can talk, Andrea, a bit more about, so what is intuition? How does it work? But Mm -hmm. I don't lead the witness. I don't say, well, you know, you're telling me this is a desert scene and you have on a toga-like garment and a kind of a metal helmet on your head. You know, you must be a Roman soldier. That is absolutely a no-no in my book. So the client gives me the details. I don't give them the details. I keep it moving. I help them open it up. And ultimately, it's a therapeutic process as we uncover past lives to understand who are we today, what do we need to embrace about ourselves that perhaps we're not embracing, and what might we need to to release about a past life that is still sort of creating a stuck place. So for, for listeners who've never had a regression, you know, sometimes this feels a little bit stilted. You know, it's kind of like saying, well, if you've never had a child, how do you know what that's going to be like? If you've had a regression, what, what regression clients discover is that the, the details of a life are uncanny. The, the scenes are described in detail. The clothing of the past life person is described in detail. The life moves forward with almost an automatic process, almost like you're watching a movie or sensing a movie. Clients sometimes have spontaneous and great emotion that just comes up automatically. Sometimes they don't have emotion, but it's, it's so specific and at times very visceral that it's hard, it's hard to disbelieve it. it you know, but this is the kind of thing, it's like if you've never been there, it's hard to put words to it. Right, right. So do people ever have spontaneous recall of past lives without having to go to social, uh, cell regression hypnotherapy? Absolutely. Absolutely, and I think that probably most of us do. Sometimes we don't know how to label it, but yes, you know, it can be you're traveling somewhere that perhaps you've never been before, and you you arrive at this location, whether it's in the U.S. or outside of the U.S., and you suddenly have emotion, perhaps fear, perhaps anxiety, perhaps excitement, um, that you don't understand why you have that that emotion some of us track our past lives to some extent in our dreams so most of us have a way i i i kind of have a list of questions i sometimes toss out if i'm giving a talk or a workshop about how people can begin to access their past lives and if i if i you know gave one right now andrea to the audience it might be something like if someone said to you you can go on a two week paid vacation you know your, your job is fine your animals are cared for your kids are fine you know whatever um and you could go anywhere in the world where would you go or the reverse is also true in terms of past lives where would you just never go even if you were paid to go there (laughs) so that's often a way of getting a sense of well where have i lived before Mm -hmm. so where where you've lived before might be someplace you'd like to go but it could also be someplace you would not ever want to go that's right because something happened there and you you don't necessarily have the content of what happened there but you just have this sort of aversion well i don't want to go to india because you know and it's not like i don't want to go to a country because i think it's not safe it's it's if everything were safe and fine and you know positive i still wouldn't go there Mm -hmm. yeah yeah 
can totally relate to that. So, okay, why do we, I mean, what's the point of, you know, we come here not remembering uh, our lives or our, the in-between lives. So, you know, why do we need to remember them? If we're not supposed to, if we're supposed to remember them, why didn't we remember them when we got here is what I guess what I'm asking. Okay. Um, it, 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 easy to explain. Why do we have this insomnia? Because if, I mean, let's just say I meet, you, Andrea, and, um, you know, we strike up a friendship. Um, if I knew, and, you know, to the listeners, this is not true, or I'm using this as an example, but if I was, and, and we, we changed genders, that's, so I'm using this as an example, if I was married to the soul that is Andrea, if I was married in a past life and deeply in love, you know, with this person that was your soul, Andrea, and you died nine months into the marriage, I might say, well, I don't want to be friends with you or I don't want to get into a relationship, you know, because you leave me. Mm-hmm. And perhaps we need to clean that up and balance it yeah. by, you know, becoming friends or meeting someone and falling into a romantic relationship. So even though there are a few people, and I honestly would call it a blessing and a curse, there are a few people out there that, that have access to their past life memories even when they meet someone. That's not the most common. There may be kind of a gut feeling, I like you, I don't like you, but not in detail. But if we knew everything that had happened in the past, we wouldn't step into experiences we need to have for our own soul's learning and progress. Mm, okay. And experience is the key, isn't it? The, the, yes. Experience yeah. is the way we evolve as a soul. Yes. yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I think that's that's the big deal. I think I, most of us, including myself, would, would like to just sit down in a classroom and say, okay, tell me everything I need to know. I'm done now. <laughs> but it <laughs> just doesn't work that, that way, does it? Yeah, if only, yeah. Okay, so, all right, so what you're saying essentially is that we have a soul and that that soul experiences many lifetimes and that as it's experiencing lifetimes, it is evolving. Do I have that correct? That is absolutely correct. There, There truly is only one reason that we incarnate, and that is to evolve as a soul. So then usually the next question is, well, so what? So why do we need to evolve as a soul? And, you know, we have this, I want to blow holes in a, a common belief structure within spirituality or the what we might call the New Age community um, in, in, in the Western world and in Westernized religion, and I'm certainly not necessarily anti or putting down religion in all ways, but in the Western world, we think that everything at a higher level, call it the spiritual realm, call it God, call it, you know, the Tao, whatever you want to call it, that it somewhere at a certain level, everything is perfection. And I would suggest to the listeners that that's just not true, that at all levels, we are evolving. And, I mean, I think all of us probably that are spiritually oriented have a sense that this planet we live on and the way we live life here needs to evolve. So our soul comes into body, lifetime to lifetime. It's kind of like going to school to learn, to walk through, we might say, the College of Hard Knocks because we need to evolve as a soul 
that assists not only our own soul to evolve, it assists, you might say, the group soul or humanity, and to be even a little bit more esoteric, the universe to evolve. Yeah. Okay. So that purpose, uh, and, and you've said this in the book, you said it very well. I really appreciate the way you said that, and I completely agree. That purpose is, whatever that purpose is for this particular life, whatever we've come here to learn, we are absolutely going to learn that thing. Well, if you know, I'm not totally sure what you're saying. We, are, we intend to learn that thing or those things. Sometimes we come into body and we don't follow our intentions. And right. I would suggest to listeners that, you know, we, we do plan our life in advance. That's a, you know, a whole big subject of what do we plan that we can talk about. And so, so our spiritual guides and at the higher self level, we intend to learn and, and progress in a number of ways in each lifetime. But free will is always our option. So, we can choose not to do the work we came in. And when I say work, I don't mean paid work. But we can choose not to do the, ad, the advancing work or choose to do it when we come into body. Okay. So, so the soul may have a purpose and we may choose to thwart that purpose. That's right. Okay. Okay. So, uh, all right. So along the way... As we're, as we're sort of, if we decide to go and have a past life regression hypnotherapy session, then we might figure out what that purpose is by any chance? Is that part of what we get from the hypnotherapy regression? If, if the client had more than one past life regression, then they'd learn about, likely, they'd learn about more than one of their past lives and they might be able to figure out the common thread of their purpose as a soul lifetime to lifetime. But in a between lives regression, which is an expansion of a past life regression, so it's longer, and the difference between past life and between lives regression is that the past life regression goes into a past life. The life is chosen at the soul level. So we could talk about that in more detail as well. But in a between lives regression, the client goes into a past life, discovers the details of that life that their guide wants them to discover, and then at the ending of the life or once that life ends, then the remainder of the regression and a a chunk of the regression, a, a bulk of the time, is spent with the client understanding who they are at the soul level, why they came into body and life today, what they're working on, who are the souls they've known before, you know, and so on and so forth. Okay. So so in between lives is very, very important uh, if, if we're going to, you know, really get the lessons where that piece is extremely important. Yes, and, and as we plan each life, so if we're in the time period between our lives, then, you know, this is not time to kind of sit around and watch movies and eat bonbons in the spiritual realm, so to speak. <laughs> it's a time where we work with our guides. And we may get a rest period. Um, we may go to class in the spiritual realm to, to help us learn something. The bulk of our learning, though, is done in body, not when we're disincarnate between lives. But between lives, we begin then to set in motion, put the details together 
for our upcoming life, and it's always purposeful. It's always tied to evolving. It's always tied to um, progressing and perhaps cleaning up, almost always, maybe take the word perhaps out of there, cleaning up what we might call karma or um, some people would just simply call it a, an unbalanced situation that occurred in a past life that in a subsequent life we're going to balance. Okay. All right. So, all right. And here's a question that I think is, is I've heard before and you probably have too. Why do we need spirit guides? Why can't we just go directly to our own soul and, and get the information we need? Okay. I mean, great, great, excellent questions, Andrea. The bottom line is if we're a young soul, we need spirit guides. It's kind of like in the example I, I think about um, two, two of our grandchildren. One is in kindergarten. So when I think about being in kindergarten like being a, a younger soul, a new soul, when our daughter... Um, takes our, our kindergarten age granddaughter to school, she has to walk her into her classroom, and when she picks her up in the afternoon, she meets her in the classroom and takes her home. Then uh, our granddaughter has a brother. He's in third grade. He gets left at the playground. You know, our daughter takes him and says bye, and he goes and hangs out with his friends and plays on the playground, and she picks him up on the playground. So the analogy is young soul needs a guiding hand, needs a bit more support, assistance, and guidance. So a young soul plans their lives with a lot of assistance from more evolved souls that serve as spiritual guides. As we progress and get, you know, quote-unquote older and a bit more mature as a soul, then our, our planning of our lives is a combination of our higher self or our highest level of soul evolution, and at times, guides. But the more experienced we are as a soul, the um, more we're able to um, create the suggestions with the support of our guides in planning an upcoming life. Okay. Okay, so as we evolve, we get closer and closer to becoming our own guides, so to speak? As we evolve... Yes, I, I think that's fair to say. As, as we evolve, and when we're in body, we always have a higher self. So when we come into body, when we're born and take our first breath, we, um, what causes us to be alive is an aspect, a holographic aspect of our soul energy. The remainder of our soul energy is always in spirit. We always have, a, you know, that's called our higher self, and that remains in the spiritual realm even when we're incarnate. As we progress, um, we become, we might say, smarter or have more wisdom, but we always have the guidance of a somewhat more evolved guide. So it's a combo, if you will, when we're more evolved of our higher self and the wisdom that we carry at our highest consciousness and the wisdom of guides. Okay, okay. All right, so we have a lot of help. We do. It's not just us, yeah. All right. 
All right. Well, that's good to know. And, you know, so what I'm trying to do today is sort of ask some of the questions that I think the listening audience might want to ask and and sort of get really grounded in the whole process before we move into the next segment where we're going to talk more in depth about what you said earlier about what is intuition and how do we connect with with what what happens in hypnotherapy and that kind of thing. So we're going to do that right after the break. We'll be back in just a f- few minutes to talk more with Linda Backman. Stay tuned. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. On the program Inside Out, our outsides match our insides. Join host Beth Green along with co-host James Maynard for an insightful weekly journey that lets us all be real with no boundaries. We'll discuss current events, interview amazing guests, challenge old ideas, and see ourselves and our world more clearly. It's about you as much as us. So you're invited to call in, write in, and most of all, tune in. Listen for Inside Out, live every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Explore subconscious programs, belief systems, and past life memories that may be sabotaging your life. Join host Dorian Light on her show, All About You, as she helps you to shift change and heal your life. Each week, Dorian does a light session using psychic energetics and the language of light to energetically shift and clear negative patterns you have stored regarding that week's topics. Step into the realm of infinite possibilities for your life. All About You airs live Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on 7th Wave. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free. 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Well, most of you know that the Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. And this month, the college is making a very special announcement. They're announcing the opening of the 2014 curriculum, which many of you will find very interesting. We're offering you a greater variety of programs, more in-depth studies of the courses uh, of studies you choose, You already know that you can get a master's, doctorate, or ministerial bachelor's degree at AIHT, but now at the doctoral level, we offer not only the Ph.D. in all of our programs, but we offer a doctor of ministry degree in all of the programs as well. And in the holistic theology program, you can get a doctor of theology degree degree too. But that's not all. The programs themselves have changed as well. Now you can get a degree in holistic theology, holistic health, holistic ministries, metaphysics, and parapsychology. And that's still not all. 
Now we've added more depth to your education by offering you a greater number of courses that start at the introductory level and move all the way to the advanced level. For example, in the Holistic Theology program, you can take Judaism 1, 2, and 3. Islam to 1, 2, and 3, which each level offering a greater depth of understanding. Or in our parapsychology program, you can take psychic skills 1, 2, and 3. These are just a few of the examples. You can get the whole picture by going to www.aiht.edu. Or if you'd like to talk directly to the admissions director, call Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. What's most important to AIHT's model is the exploratory nature of studies that reach to the depths of all the world's religions, traditions, and paths, and even transcend them to find the mystical core of them all in order to facilitate your own journey to your own authentic spirituality. Utilizing as your text writing teacher spiritual experts from all over the world, many of them from the top 100 on the Watkins spirit list of spiritual influencers, uh, this coursework allows students to explore and find their own spiritual experience and path, as well as to become credentialed to bring their own unique gift to the world. So AHT is changing the world one student at a time. Want to know more? Go to www.aiht.edu or contact Admissions Director Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. Again, that's 800-650-4325. You know, Oprah says education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport to freedom. Call and get your passport today. And we're talking today to Linda Backman author of Bringing Your Soul to Light, Healing Through Past Lives and the Time Between. And we've been talking about exactly what the process is of sort of uh, understanding uh, the whole concept of past life regression and what it means and, and what's possible to do with that work. And what we've said thus far is that the soul is progressing from one lifetime to another, one incarnation to the next, and that there are certain themes of the life uh, uh, of a soul that carry through from one life to the next so that the soul accomplishes its mission. Um, I think one of the questions I, I want to uh, sort of field right now, and I'm sure you hear this one a lot too, Linda, is what about gender? Why do we choose different genders in different lifetimes? Oh, wow, great question. Well, I, I'll first say, Andrea, that based on thousands of regressions, we, we basically know that um, I would I, I would hazard to say that all of us, you know, whether we're in a male body right now or a female body right now, we have had, you know, probably more than one life, usually more than one life, in the opposite gender body. And that's, of course, because we need to learn what it's like to be on, you might say, both sides of the fence. We need to learn the experiences that men have, experiences that women have, and essentially, to put it again at a kind of an esoteric level, because we need to balance the perspective on our planet that is progressing, but I believe needs to continue to progress, that both genders are important, um, that the, the energy of male and female is important, and that ultimately, really, we're working toward the perspective of androgyny, that it's not good or bad to be either one, um, and the, the, the traits, um, the style of men and women, and it's a little bit stereotyped to put it that way, we all kind of have male and female within us, that we need to be balancing um, gender issues on our planet. I agree completely. Yeah, and that, and and you know, some people say, well, uh, one lifetime is meant to punish you or reward you for another lifetime. What do you think of that? 
I, I don't see it as punishment and reward. I, I think, you know, sadly, we have a very westernized perspective that's all about if you're bad, you know, this will happen, or if you're good, this will happen. Um, I, I've honestly, in all the years, 21 years of guiding regression, um, I've never had a client describe, you know, a, a, a hell-type place. So I honestly think that if there is such a thing as hell, sometimes lives are complicated and we, we might say they're quite difficult. But um, So I, I, don't, I don't think we're rewarded or punished um, necessarily, although if we look at the re- word reward, as we do our work, if we come into body and live our life purpose or life purposes, then I believe progress is made and, you know, at times um, life, life gives back to us. But the reverse of being punished, I don't believe is true unless we're talking about karma. And karma just doesn't mean punishment. Karma means if I was a neglectful parent in a past life, then I need to clean that up in a future life. I need to be a committed parent or I needed to be a committed school teacher or, or you know, a committed uh, person who has something to do with social action tied to youth in order to balance having been a neglectful parent. But I, I don't think that's punishment. Okay. So balance is what we're looking for. Correct. Right. Okay, you talk in the book about themes of life. Uh, I want to see if you would mind giving us some examples of what you mean by that and why they matter. Why do the themes of a life matter? Well, we, as souls, we are each unique. So even though soul energy, we could say, is a fragment of divine energy, each of us as a soul is kind of like a thumbprint, just as... You know, 10 people or 100 people have 100 different thumbprints and no two are alike. No two souls are exactly alike as well. So souls, when souls begin incarnating, they have a specific focus, specific skills, specific energetic intent, we might say, you know, so maybe kind of a very general way of describing that is that we have some of our life, theme, for, for some of us, our life theme would be that we, we do something in the public eye or we do something out in front of the scenes. In other words, you and I, Andrea, for whatever reasons, do certain kinds of work, just as we're doing right now, out in, in the public eye doing something out front. But that's, that doesn't negate those people that don't, go out and do things in the public eye. Perhaps they're a great mom, great dad, perhaps they're a great friend, um, and those kinds of things. Behind the scenes, being a caretaker, a supporter, uh, you know, they don't, they don't need to be in front of the scenes. It's all good, but we each have a different style that we bring and carry. We, we bring in when we begin as a soul, and we carry with, with it you know, with us. So themes, you know, could be that some people want to be involved in some kind of healing work. I'm sure you probably have lots of listeners, especially to this kind of a program, people that do healing work. Someone else might want to be, you know, a a researcher or an investigative kind of person, and they're not a healer type. So 
it's all good. It's all just who we are. Okay. All right. So those themes are important in that they are sort of not only tell us more about who we are, but what we're up to. Correct. Okay. Totally. All right. All right. So, all right. Uh, we, uh, you've talked a little bit about an, the archetypes of the soul. I want to move to sort of, we've sort of got the foundation down now. You've talked about the archetype of the soul. Let, tell me what that means. Well, what I've discovered, and, and, and I, I truly, you know, in my heart of hearts, I think I'd say I'm a therapist and I'm a researcher. So for years I was a general, you know, I was in a general psychological practice guiding clients with different kinds of personal issues. I, I love to be a therapist. So I'm still obviously a therapist in helping people understand who are they at the soul level? But at the same time, I'm a researcher. So when I work with clients and gather case information, client information, you know, client by client, it's like where do where is there overlap? Where um, am I learning the same kind of thing from one client to the next without leading the client? So. As I've studied a lot of world tr- traditions of, of wisdom and spirituality, and I've worked with clients, and I don't, as I always say, I don't lead the witness when I guide regression, then I'm looking for information that tells me about soul archetype. What I've discovered is that there are seven different equally important, and really underscore that, equally important roles that a soul can carry, and we carry only one through all of our lives. And another way to put it, again, making it, again, kind of esoteric, is that if you take divine energy and you subdivide it into seven equal parts, and people can track this. One world wisdom tradition people can read about is called the seven rays. And um, so it's divine energy subdivided into seven equal types of energy that the only way we're going to progress as a soul and as humanity is to have all seven. So now probably listeners are saying, well, what is she talking about? You know, what, you know how about some examples? So um, a, a couple of examples without going through and taking too much time, Andrea, with all seven. The least common of these seven archetypes is the, the person slash soul who is the change agent. So the change agent is the idea person. They come up with ideas. I always just to use as an example, I think about Steve Jobs in the computer industry. His, he revolutionized the computer industry and came up with a sort of an intuitive-based computer versus, you know, the, the PC. And so Steve Jobs was an idea person, but he wasn't the implementation person. There's a different soul archetype that is not the idea person. They're the implementer. And they're great at strategy, logistics, and implementation. And that's their life's work. Lifetime to lifetime to lifetime. Just two of the seven examples. Okay, okay. So, in other words, they might be that... So, would you say as a young soul, they were still like the change, the idea person? As a young soul, was that person still an idea person? That's a great question. Yes, 
Um, because if they're, if they're the change agent, they're the change agent from the very beginning of their soul's evolution, which probably means they're, as a very, you know, you might say young soul, they're a change agent on a very small scale in okay. a very simple way. It might be, you know, changing something very simple in their classroom when they're in second grade, not the Steve Jobs of the world, but yes, but just to underscore, um, so listeners get this piece, that is the least common role on our planet. There are fewer change agent souls than any other soul, and the reason for that is because it's probably the hardest role um, to bring forward because we're not popular. If we're a change agent, I shouldn't say we, I'm actually not a change agent soul. Um, if we're a change agent, it is hard because a lot of people are going to push back against us. Well, that's crazy. Why do you want to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so all right. So we know that if a, a soul has a particular archetype, and if, if, um, if I've got the archetype of change agent, but I'm not willing to, uh, I might want to thwart my mission this particular incarnation is it possible that i could still be a change agent even though i'm like for example if i become an alcoholic and part of the thing i'm working to change is my family is it possible that my family will still change in response to my alcoholism in the way that it would have changed anyway if i had been uh going along with my soul's mission do you you understand my question that's an incredibly cool question the way you put that um Yes, of course it's possible, and if the change still happens in the family, even though, you know, if I'm the change agent, the alcoholic person who's the change agent, and I, you might say I fall down on the job, um, there may be someone else that steps into the role, even just temporarily in that lifetime, and something changes in the family. But the bottom line is for, again, if I'm that change agent soul and I fall down in terms of my soul agreement and my soul commitment, when I return to the spiritual realm, and now we're talking about, you know, between lives, when I return to the spiritual realm, my guides are going to be supportive and they're probably going to be somewhat in my face. So guides are always benevolent. The notion of punishing guides or malevolent guides, I don't believe exists. On the other hand, my, my guides are going to be pretty direct with me, and I hear this sometimes in Between Lies Regression, and my guides are, are going to say, you know, you didn't live up to your agreements. So, okay, fine, but guess what? When you come back into body again we are going to push you even harder, not to be hurtful, but to get you to follow your soul agreement. So kind of what that plays into, sometimes, Andrea, I'll have clients come in and they'll say, you know, I went to this excellent and, you know, highly reputed psychic person, medium channel, and they said I've had, you know, 1,245 lives. Isn't that great? And I'll say, maybe it is. And maybe it isn't, because it doesn't matter how many lives we've had. What matters is, did we do the work we came to do in body in a lifetime? So the number really is inconsequential. Right, right. Okay, so yeah, and and, you know, the the other thing is that you frequently hear 
and I'm sure you've heard this, I certainly have, that, that you know, I was Queen Elizabeth in my last life, or I was, you know, some, I was Jesus, or I was somebody really big, you know, we want to all believe that we, we were those changing people, those people that were dynamos, but that's quite often not even necessary. Is that true? Well, no, yes, it is true that it is not necessary to be a big-name person, you know, an Abraham Lincoln or, you know, whoever that might be. Um, Occasionally, really underscore occasionally, I I regress a client, and they do uncover a life where seemingly they were a, you know, a historical, documentable figure. That might, on rare occasion be true that they were that figure, but it could also mean that they were present with that person in that lifetime, like maybe they were a good friend of Abraham Lincoln or, you know, whoever it might be, or, you know, maybe they were a political figure, but they weren't Lincoln. Therefore, they can tell the story of Lincoln, but they weren't, in fact, Lincoln. So it's much less common that they were that figure. But, you know, the average person and lots of very advanced souls on our planet are really average seeming people. In other words, they don't have big jobs or, you know, prominent, they're not prominent, they don't necessarily make a lot of money, and they may still be a very advanced soul. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to come talk some more about this right after the break. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss this last segment. We're going deeper. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Are you dealing with a personal loss in your life? It can be just about anything, such as the loss of a partner through death or separation, something significant of value to you, the loss of a pet, or maybe something is missing in your health or wealth. Tune in to Healing from Loss with Brenda B. Host Brenda Blindenbaugh and co-host Monique McDonald are here to help you transform the loss in your life from pain to joy and move forward. Listen live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. 
You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. And we're back talking today to Dr. Linda Backman about past life regression. But before we talk any more with her, I want to tell you about this upcoming Super Soul Sunday on April the 6th at 11 a.m., 12 p.m. Eastern and Pacific. The episode is Oprah is going to sit down with filmmaker uh, Louis Schwartzberg, The World Beyond What We Can See. Louis Schwartzberg is an award-winning uh, filmmaker, and he's going to discuss his experience working with time-lapse nature photography and the inherent spirituality revealed through nature, often not visible to the naked eye. Louis' films capture breathtaking images that celebrate the gift of life, and his TED Talk on gratitude has been viewed more than six million times. Oprah and Louis view some of his most beautiful work and discuss how nature can act as one of our greatest spiritual teachers a firm believer that beauty is nature's tool for survival, Louis shares how the awe that is experienced when seeing nature can make one more present, more mindful, and help us connect to our inner voice. By allowing viewers to see the unseeable, he hopes to cultivate gratitude and an awareness that nature is a reflection of the human experience. Listen to this clip now. Sunday, a feast for your eyes. Food for your soul. Nature is our greatest spiritual teacher. When people see these images, it's one common phrase, oh my God. Award-winning filmmaker, Louis Schwartzberg. Everywhere in the world, people want the same thing. Amen to that. Louis' awe-inspiring perspective, a call to open our hearts to the everyday wonders that surround us. Super Soul Sunday, all new, Sunday, 11 a.m., 10 central, only here. Ah, oh, don't miss that. That's giving me chill bumps just talking about it because nature is one of my best friends. So be there for that. And we're talking again to Linda Backman about past life regression. So we've we've discovered that the soul has a has a, a purpose. Let's talk a little bit about how a person might get in touch with that purpose. So I, th- I think, Andrea, you know, w- what we're talking about, and correct me if I'm wrong, is not just talking about what is the soul's purpose. So there is this soul archetype that I mentioned earlier, this soul signature that we carry lifetime to lifetime. But what I, I think you're alluding to is that in each lifetime, each lifetime is planned with purpose. We have intention that we set in place um, before we come into body. The purpose of this current life um, and our own learning or to assist the learning of someone else or to equally assist um, ourselves in the learning of others. So we, we come into body with, um, you might say, life intentions. Now, none of this is, is written in stone in that, you know, we, we have free will. So we can choose to follow our life intentions, our life purpose, um, or not. I also would, would just comment to the listeners that for some of us, we, um, we may, believe it or not, complete those intentions that we came into body to, to learn or to accomplish. And then guess what happens? We don't get to just sit around again and watch movies and eat popcorn. We then at times have addendums that because humanity is in a place that it needs to progress, 
if we if we've completed many of the the kind of line items we put in our pre-birth blueprint then a lot of times our guides say to us at the higher self level well great so let's add on more and i bet there are a number of listeners that perhaps feel like they added on more but i think that the the core question is how do we figure out why we came into body how do we figure out our life purpose and it's it's simple if you try not to overcomplicate it. And by that I mean, I would say to the listeners, think about what creates passion for you. What are your passions in life? One of the things that I'm passionate about is understanding how does the soul evolve and helping others evolve. So that's one of my passions. But for other people... Their passions might be, and, you know, not necessarily to be, you know, Louis Schwartzberg and be just so prominent, but their passion might be taking care of the earth. So their passion might be organic gardening. Um, For somebody else, their passion might be their grandchildren. Um, And so, you know, maybe they pick up their grandchildren from school three days a week and, you know, get them, get their homework done and spend time outside playing. We have to look at our passions at all levels, and sometimes we come into body not to be prominent or not to be kind of like this overtly uh, accomplished person. Maybe we're the very best friend that we can think um, to be. So I would say to everybody, Think about what you love, and I don't mean you love pizza or you love to go to the beach or, you know, something like that, but what activities that are useful, and we might even say serve the planet in one way or another, are you passionate about, and therein you find your life purposes. Okay. All right. So you might not even have to have a past life regression to start working on that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Let's go way out there. Let's let's talk about: Is it possible for somebody to incarnate here on planet Earth after having lived a life on another planet? Well, you know, if you'd asked me that question maybe ten to twelve years ago, I would have been skeptical, and I would have felt like I didn't know a whole lot about that. And then suddenly, I started having many clients coming in. And we started learning that often clients, or forget clients, often people, souls that are, of course, in body now, have had life experiences other than on this planet. So we might call that extraplanetary or extraterrestrial. Sometimes those are planets, star systems, interdimensional experience. The distinction of uh, you know what I've learned about these these non-earth-based um, uh, locations where we can have lives is that these other places are what some people would call sacred. So when we've incarnated somewhere else, we have learned a great deal and progressed. Why? Because these other non-earth locations are healthy. You might say they are egalitarian. They don't 
they don't have wars to supposedly solve problems, which, you know, probably most of your listeners would agree that war solves little or nothing. They negotiate versus having war. Um, it doesn't matter whether you're male or female. It doesn't matter whether you have a lot of money or a nice car or uh, just a modest amount of money in, in a car. Communication is often telepathic. Um, nutrition is healthy. So many of us have had lives elsewhere. I believe, and I've heard this from clients, we have more souls on the planet today who have had lives elsewhere because they're bringing wisdom from these other experiences that they've had somewhere else. And I'm a little bit bothered, to be honest, with how much we focus on what is the problem tied to so many people being labeled autistic or in the autistic spectrum? And, you know, we think, oh, dear, it's because mom took XYZ medication or injection or, you know, vaccine or whatever, you know, in week, week whatever of her pregnancy. I would suggest to listeners that a number of the people today being labeled with, with this autistic spectrum, um, labeled on the autistic spectrum, are simply souls that don't understand human um, communication, human socialization. They bring huge gifts with them, and they're extremely wise. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. There's, there's uh, that spectrum is is one that um, we uh, the more normal human mind just does not understand because we think in terms of of uh, social, you know, the, the the way to be is extroverted, it's not introverted, and it's certainly not sort of closed down as the lowest end of the spectrum is. And, and uh, on the higher end, we have Asperger's disorder where people are extremely functional and have uh, amazing ideas and, and uh, bring that to us, and yet we want to call it a disorder. So it's a very interesting dynamic, yeah. What you described there, and we don't have a whole lot of time before we have close, but but what you described there in that other world, though, sounds a lot like heaven. So as a skeptic, I might say, well, how do you know that's another planet? Maybe that's just heaven. Well, I would say the way I know it's, it's, it's another planet is because the, the client describes um, physicality. They describe the type of structure. Um, I, I guess we could call it a body, but it, it, the way it's literally described Andrea, is because the skin is different, the shape is different, that there's, there are great specifics um, in terms of what, what, what do I look like, what does my skin look like, how do I eat, um, do we procreate, do we not, um, are there children, are there no children, so the specifics don't sound like heaven, because... Okay. Heaven is an, you know, is an energetic space and not necessarily having any physical characteristics. Okay. All right. So there's lots of things that might be going on down here on planet Earth or here on planet Earth where we, things that might be happening for us might be explainable by a phenomenon in another life, whether it's on this planet or some other planet, but just a phenomenon of another life we would understand better and be able to uh, maybe even carry something, some wisdom forward if we could understand what we experienced in that other life. Is that true? 
Yes, totally. And, and I find what happens for clients, the reason I, I feel certain kinds of clients are guided um, for me to work with. And, you know, I do more than just regression. I do a type of spiritual counseling that I call spiritual mentoring. If we've had a lot of lives elsewhere and not many lives here, then we often have trouble adapting to here. And it's not just social. These These are often not children. They're adults. It has to do with people who have lots of allergies people who have a lot of chemical sensitivities, um, you know, people who don't do well in crowded spaces. It's because they're just simply not used to the, the human container, the human, you know, the way we nourish our bodies, human food, human, the chemicals in our environment. It helps them to understand, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. I just haven't been in a human body very many times. Okay. All right. Well, we're close to closing, so I want you to tell the listening audience, if you will, just real quickly, how they might get in touch with you or what uh, sites they might be able to go to where they might learn more about you. Well, basically, if people go to our main website, and that's www.raven, like the bird, R-A-V-E-N, heart, like the heart in your chest, Center, RavenHeartCenter.com. They can find out all the different things that we do, where we're traveling to, um, when my second book will be out. Um, they can access information about both books. So uh, easiest way is RavenHeartCenter.com. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you, Linda, for being on our show today. You've given the listening audience a whole lot to think about, and I'm sure that they're going to be pondering on this for a while now. Um, I really appreciate you being here. And remember, next week, uh, we've got Ayanla Van Zant. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we, we had her planned, and there was a mishap, and we were not able to get her on the show. But she is going to be here next week, um, and so we want to be here for that. She's going to be talking about one of the world's most important topics, forgiveness. So don't miss that show, uh, April the 9th, next Wednesday. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.